Peveril, joined as always by my co-host, Marky D, Marky Davison. Mark, what's up? I'll tell you what's up. I'll tell you what's up. I was checking out the YouTube because it wasn't working before. Uh, now we're on fire. But um, 30 minutes ago, we had a storm in the morning, and now it's, it's sunny as. It is so sunny right now, and I can't believe the weather already. Did you get a storm <laughs> in Sydney? Like well, dead set, welcome like to the weather report with Marky D. Uh, it just amazes me. Half an hour it, ago, I think it moved from uh, <laughs> like up up to you guys. Um, but it was certainly yeah. storming pretty hard the last couple of days. But uh, half yeah. an hour ago, it was stormy weather and uh, you know, cloudy all over. Now it's like it's going to be a beautiful sunny day. But I'm pretty well, Maddie. It's been a pretty fast week. It feels weird this week because normally we have Super Bowl around around this time, and tomorrow we have the Pro Bowl, which is ugh, yeesh, meh, meh, jeez, can't. Pro Bowl is terrible. Hasn't been good since Sean Taylor knocked that kicker out. Um, rest in peace, Sean Taylor, one of the best defensive backs to ever play the game. Knocked him out of his shoes. Hasn't been good since then. It is not good football to watch. So, you know what though? Like, and I think it, it sums up where it's at. I get a kick out of watching those skills comps. I always have. I really used to like the NBA ones when I was a kid, but I really like these ones too. And watching some of the players like do that sort of stuff, I think that's cool. Um, but I mean, I was talking about it with someone on Twitter this week and I, I just think move to the NBA one, move to like a, uh, you know, rookie versus sophomore one, and then maybe have some team captains that mix at the pro bowl or all pro or something like that. But I think it loses its, I guess for me, like they don't, they haven't played it even remotely tough for about 10 years. Everyone's scared of injuries. Like I'd much rather them say, let's have 18 games and get rid of the Pro Bowl. I still think you should have them. And, and with maybe with All Pro, instead of the Pro Bowl stuff where fans vote, maybe it's like all AFC and all NFC, and you do it like that, because that's really what it is right now. It's just a fan voted all, like, you know, you know, process. But I mean, the problem for me is you can't, or have three teams of All Pros. Um, again, like I think they do in the, in the NBA. Um, and they're doing like all American stuff and all that because at the moment there's players that get bonuses by being in the Pro Bowl. Why do you get a bonus for being in the Pro Bowl? Like doesn't mean anything. Voted like it's it doesn't it really doesn't mean it's just lost it lost its value so much. Like it's you know yes they played really well all year and they deserve to be you know uh, acclimated and say oh you're one of the best players to play in the league this year hundred percent. But watching it from when I was younger. It really has just turned into flag football. And I remember one year there was a score like 54 to 45 or something like there was yeah. no, there was no, like there was no guys even trying. And then Roger the girl came out and said, oh no, we have to at least try some a little bit. And then next year, I think it was like 20 to 19 or, or 20 to 15 or something like that. Um, Pro Bowl, it's boring. No one's going to really cover it. But it feels weird because this, like it feels like, Super Bowl now is what another week later, and it goes further into February, and it feels like the season needs to be over. And we need to address the off season. Yeah, that's what it kind of feels like for me. Um, I don't like. I don't want to see the Bengals win, but I really don't care if the Rams win either. I do not care. Actually, I don't. I don't care if either team wins. I know it's going to suck if Who Day win because how many Who Day fans are going to say Who Day, Who Day, Who Day gonna be number? It's going to be annoying. It's going to be annoying for like a year. So we don't want that. But, yeah, it, it, I know what you mean. It's just like a, I think it's a really weird time as a Steel fan. Like, look, and then there's talk about it in the in the live chat right now about the Senior Bowl and, uh, you know, obviously 
you know, we're doing the show. So I've kind of missed most of the second half and prepping for the show and stuff like that. But um, I'm keen to watch that back. And then there's, I've still got to finish off half of the East West Shrine Bowl because, you know, it's during our time for work. And, you know, there's all that sort of stuff from a draft perspective. But if that feels far away from where the Steelers are at at the same time, I know it's critical. Like, I love the draft. Um, but in Sean Manahan's like back to the game. Um, but you know, I think it's it's just yeah, it's a really interesting time when also we've got coordinator spots to fill on the defensive side of the football. Some of us probably wish it was an offensive coordinator as well. You've got the GM hunt going on, and it kind of feels like everything's on pause until the Super Bowl's over. Uh, the teams that don't have a head coach is obviously making hires, so you saw Doug Pedersen, um, you know, named as the the Jacksonville Jaguars coach. He was actually an early favorite for that. So it's interesting that they went through all of the, you know, some discussions with Brock, you know, Leftwich. And then I know that they also had um, the GM, you know, he threat. He said, I'm not joining unless the GM goes. So it's kind of interesting. Um, Brad Jewett says he's watching the senior ball and listening to us, which is beautiful. That's what we love. I'd be doing the same thing if I wasn't <laughs> hosting the show with Mark. Uh, but yeah, it, it is a really interesting time. And I think, and that's why we want to talk today about Kevin Colbert because I think there's some things we really need to be thinking about from that. And we want to get back to really assessing where this where the Steelers are at. Um, but it's funny, you know, obviously we had the confirmation this week of Brady retiring and, you know, we saw things like Juju with Dak Prescott. And, it, yeah, I just think this, this offseason more than ever, it just feels a bit weird. Like, and I think as well, part of it is like it's coming back to normal in, in like the wider sense of things, like it's not the it's, it, the pandemic's kind of moving on. So we're going to have a combine, for example, and what have you. But for the Steelers, there's so much change. Huge. And it's and it's just sort of interesting thing. Like, you know, no franchise quarterback, you know, Kevin Colbert's last draft, you know, defensive coordinator change, which is pretty substantial um, in how long Keith Butler had been there. <clears throat> Yeah, it's kind of this new era, and it, it's sort of interesting to see. And every fan around the world, still a nation, everybody wants a different quarterback. There is there's one percent who wants Duck. There is two percent who wants Mason. There is five percent who want Haskins. There are even there are even a majority who want Dobbs. There are there are people out there who want to have Aaron Rodgers to come in, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, there are guys, there are fans out there who wish to have Jimmy, which. Please no to Jimmy. But if he comes over, I have to be a fan. You know, there are Derek Carr. There are so many. We have never been through this in the last 18 years where the speculation for QB has been so high. And at this point, we're kind of like, who's going to be our QB? And right now, Maddie, I don't care. I don't care who we have right now because I think we have much bigger issues than QB at the moment. Like that's going to sort itself out once the Super Bowl goes and we we go into free agency. We're not even we haven't even hit that yet. So, you know, people are talking Malik Willis. People are talking Kenny Pickett. I know, you, I know you're talking Carson Strong. I as this as we sit here now, we are in a funny time. As we look, it's only January, and I think we have to go through the processes um, and be truthful. As as being podcasters too, we can't speculate if Kenny's mm. going to come here and the next minute Kenny gets picked up by the Dolphins. I just think we need to all relax. And there are much bigger issues. Like I looked at the stats. Uh, here's one thing to, to to look into, right? Did you know that that the Benny Snell had 96 yards rushing the whole year? 
That is bad. That is terrible for a second well, running back behind uh, Harris. That's only well, one of my key points. Well, yes and no. I mean, I think the fact that Najee Harris could stay, you know, not, you know, not be injured up until the last week of the season, basically, True. and play through 17 True. games in his rookie year. Like, that is a big, you know, and Snell would have gone backwards behind that line. And I know that feeds into the point you talk about, but I, I think that's a testament to, you know, Najee um, and his health, you know, and his health and his work. But I mean, as Sean Manahan says, like we do need a new offensive scheme in exactly. my opinion. I'm, I'm not, I'm not thrilled to see Canada back. I'm not going to sit here all off season and go, boo, woe is Canada. Cause like, there's no point in me doing that. Right. But, and I also don't think he had the opportunity to really mold that team with in the way he wants to with Ben and stuff. But, I, and as I said, I really like, I really want to stick to um, not talking about, you know, senior bowl and stuff like that today, or everything we really want to focus on what we, the Steelers organization as it is. But I sit, I sat there and watched that first quarter with Malik Willis and I get his mobility is incredible. Like one of the fastest college players in, you know, or the, one of, yeah, literally the fastest college players, the fastest quarterback. He's, you know, the, he did a run this week at the senior bowl that was faster than um, all but one of Kyler Murray's runs. And Mar- Kyler Murray's the fastest quarterback in the NFL right now. Great. But I basically, he hardly threw a ball at the senior bowl. Is he, and like, I know that we need, mo- the, you know, mobility at quarterback's key, but, and I know he can throw the football, but I'm just sort of sitting there going, you know, I, if we're talking about quarterbacks, I want to see more throwing the football. I know he can run. I want to see him throw the football. That's what the quarterback's got to do. That's what you want in a franchise quarterback. So is that the right guy for us? I don't really know. But, you know, I think moving back to Colbert, you know, Mark, you talk about there's some things going wrong and you told me off air about culture before we get into Colbert. And I think some of it, I mean, it's kind of, kind of related, like the GM fosters and creates the team. Obviously, there's people that support into it and Steelers do it different to other organizations where a GM, you know, um, hires, you know, the coach and can fire the coach and all the rest of it. The, the dynamics are a bit different with the Steelers and where Art Rooney dips in. And I think he dips in more than what people realize, but probably not as much as Dan Rooney did. Yeah, I want. I'm keen to find out from you what you when you when you talk about culture. Where are you finding issues with what's there? Well, where do where do we kind of start? You know, we're in the different generation right now. We're in the TikTok generation. No offense to Chase or Juju. We're in the, we're in the generation now where it's like, yes, you're a football player, um, but they're going outside the realm of just football, and they're they're building their business and building their brand as a player. Fair enough. You go and make all your money, you do that, okay? But as a product on the field, sometimes there is a bit lackluster. And in, in Claypool's, you know, shoes, he had one big year, really bad second year. Is he all about the game or is he all about the brand? So that's one aspect of the culture. Uh, another one, I don't think we have a true leader. You know, there's Cam, but I think we need a, like a, a pump-up guy, a crazy guy mm. like Farrier back in the day. But however, yeah. my... My views have been, you know, taken over by a 2004 and 2008 defense. I miss that stuff so much. And we have not got that on the defense. Okay, so I want to ask you a question, though. I want to ask you a question on that. Those guys didn't just walk in and be like that, right? No. Right? So if you're looking at the team as it's built right now, even if there's guys that are off contract that we would have to assume would re-sign... Who are the players 
that you would like to see step into that role? Because as I said, like all the guys that you talk about that are rah-rah, you know, leaders weren't necessarily mm-hmm. rah-rah leaders when they came into the stills, or they weren't rah-rah leaders on the other teams that they came from necessarily, right? So who do you think sits there right now and is that, you know, rah-rah leader? Well, I, I think it's got to do with like TJ Watt going up, playing unbelievable again, like he will, but he also needs to have someone, you know, um, behind the depth chart or with TJ Watt and and go out there and also get six sacks or four sacks when he's off. Like, it can't rely on TJ Watt or Joe Hayden or, or Minka. And I even looked at the stats too with our defense. Um, Minka had the most tackles. So we are missing a certain something on this defense like that. And I know we miss, I know we miss Aloualu. I know we miss Stefan Tuitt. But there is just something missing there. And, and it's all it's all good all year. In the last two, what, two or three years, every time they lose, they go, oh, we've got to improve. We need to improve. We need to do this. We need to do that. It's not good enough. It's, it's getting to a point where it's not good enough. Now, I'm a biggest fan. I'm a massive fan. But you've got to call it out what it is. Because every time they lose like that, or the defense gives up 140 yards, I think, this year, average. Average running the football is bad. So there is something missing there. There is something missing in that culture, that locker room. And, you know, uh, Juju's out there. Nothing against him, but he's out there saying, oh, our locker room, they're, they're wooden things. They're, they're, they're terrible. Uh, Cowboys have a better locker room. doesn't mean anything. The players need to get together and have barbecues again and get around. And maybe COVID, you know, got involved in that. And what there used to be a family, like the 04, 08 team was a family. They, they still text each other. You can see that on the play. You can see how William, William Gay got involved and he was the slot cornerback and he really did things. And Troy did everything, and they got around Troy. The only guy, the only real heart, like guys right now on defense that I really like that are really standouts is TJ and Cam, and the rest, the rest of the other guys are just guys. You know, like there are some like, good players out there for sure, but there's no mentality of like the third and thirteens. They can't, they can't finish. There's something missing, and something needs to change. And I don't know but what. Gene, that's coaching. But Gene, that's coaching. It's coaching, it's scheme, it's it's actually manning up. It's not letting oh, TJ go and do all the work and getting 22 and a half sacks and no one else can do anything. It's it's maybe it's better, like you said, with Colbert, better drafting or something like that. There is just something missing in this team and we are on the decline, what it feels like. But we have a fresh start to go and, to go and be something as well with a new quarterback and get the offensive, you know, moving. Didn't help as well. Didn't help that Big Ben and the offense couldn't move the ball, like, so very right, lucky, all right, very let's lucky. ask you this question. Ask you this question then. If you and I are sitting here in 12 months' time and the Steelers made the wild card or the divisional round and they had, let's say, an 11-6 and six season, right? Give or take a, a win and loss either side. Do you call that a success? Well, it's improvement. And also, next season too, I think if we get into the opponents and then or in the offseason... We have a pretty good schedule against the opponent. I think we're versing the Falcons. I think we're versing a lot of these low teams. Um, but if we if we go eleven and six and we make the wild card, one hundred percent. But something needs to change where we're winning these games. And every week, like like Cam Haywood will go out there, and he kind of knows. Like you know, when you're in a job, when you're the best player, and no one else around you is doing anything, and you have to stand up, you have to stick up for him and say, "Oh, we tried our best out there." But you know, you're rubbish. When you know you're rubbish like that as a player, that kind of hurts you because you, you, you're, you're like you're trying your hardest. Like TJ Watt and Cam and Minka, Minka's coming up to the box to make tackles all the time. Mm. And when you know this is happening, and you know why you're one of the best players, and you still can't get to the young blokes to get things moving or get things around the, the scheme or the, the the identity of the defense, 
you know you're in a bit of trouble. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I just, I, I just I sort of wonder because the culture right now gets you to the playoffs, right? The culture right now is the team that loses in the playoffs. So, like, I just sort of sit there and I'm like, if you're talking about improvement on culture, they've got to actually win because you talk about the texting thing. That team from 2008 does that because, yes, I think there's some standout blokes on that team. But they also won. <laughs> and winning helps. And and I think it's it's kind of interesting when you talk about culture specifically because and whether it's cultural mentality because – you look at some of the players that we've watched walk out of this franchise over the last decade, and, and some of them needed to go. But you look like, take AB, for example. How many games did we win with AB? How many touchdowns and yards did, you know, AB rack up? But was he a good individual? No. So that affects your culture. So I guess this is the thing is, is, is this is hybrid between how do you create a winning culture? How do you create a positive culture? but do so with the right players. And, you know, not every player that's going to be able to win you a game is going to be a good a, a, a good well, personality. And I'm not saying that, that therefore you, comp- you know, you forgo a good personality and you, and you go with that talent to someone that's going to bring down that locker room. But I think that's where it becomes really complex. And I think that's where, you know, having a right GM is really, really important. And a GM that can understand talent and see talent. Well, it's even the idea too with like, you know, I'm not into the much of the numbers, but we let go of Mike Hilton, right? And he was actually a pretty good piece for the defense. And now he's playing fantastic with the Bengals. Um, also, at the start of the year, we Vince Williams was going to play. Next minute, the next day, he said, see you later, I retire. And then all the yeah. issues with Alawalu and stuff on to it. So we did miss, we just, something is missing. And I don't think that, I don't think Cameron Haywood and TJ Watt and Minka can fill the void. De- Devin Bush had a, de- a down year, but come back from injury, but there is something there that they're not playing the stoop, the, the true steal away. And that could be the disconnect of actually, you know, life goes on and it's different. It's 2022. And I'm, right. I'm hanging on to, I'm hanging on to 08. <laughs> I was about to say, no, no. And like, because I want to ask you another question. So I had an interesting take during the week, right? You look at the two teams in the Super Bowl. The Bengals O-line is actually pretty crap, right? Mm-hmm. You look at the Rams O-line. It's a bit better, but it's not like a, even a top 15 O-line in this league, really. Definitely not a top 10 O-line. And everyone says build the O-line and get better. Now, we have a running, we have a first-round running back in Najee Harris. We need to do that, right, from the running game perspective. But those teams are stacked at wide receiver. Those teams have a, both have a decent running back. Is the old way of doing things necessarily going to do it? Because And the reason I say this is you think about if you're a Bengals fan, right, Two years ago, two years ago, you're sitting there going, we stink. We absolutely stink. We've got to change everything up. They do things very differently, right? And they go out and they get, you know, some really key guys. They go out and spend money when they've got cap space, all the rest of it. We've got cap space now. Uh, We have potential for some good draft picks. We don't have a franchise quarterback. We are going to see a change in GM at some point in the next 12 months. Whether that And that may be bringing someone externally, but it's very likely probably working out some agreement, uh, minimum Brandon Hunt, but hopefully Brandon Hunt no more can't. Do we need to move away from what we've done to change the culture as you talk about and end up bringing it back? Do we have to do an almost like 270 degree turn, you know, not complete 360 because we we'll end up in the same spot, but do we have to do a 270 or a 180 to get, into 
a situation where we are contending again. Well, the 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 whole the whole idea of the game is changing. You know, there's no more like um, Owen says here. Vince was a you know a big thumper up the middle. The whole the whole idea of the game is changing now. Mm. Like with the Bengals, they have three stars. Um, if you want to call them stars, that receiver and some good tight ends and a good running back and a good mobile quarterback in Joe. Oh, they're Burrow. stars. Jamar Chase is top five wide receiver. Yeah, who's the other guy? Um, not Higby. Uh, that's the guy from. They've the got range. Higgins, who plays Higgins. like sort of like a hybrid. Like over oh, last game, he basically had to play as a tight end. Then they got mm. Tyler Boyd. Um, and we've got someone else as well, but yeah, I mean they're they're stacked. They're, they're just they're stretching the field already. So even having those three three receivers on the field, the defense is already thinking, how am I going to stop all three guys at once? So therefore, there's going to be open routes available. Um, the Bengals, what could be interesting for the Bengals, right? Like you said, with the O line, what if they go out and lose the Super Bowl? Are they going to turn into the Falcons or the Panthers and have one year and that's it? Or are they going to nah, build that franchise is stacked, man. I, I, I don't want to go deep on the Bengals, but like, yeah, I talked about it in War Room two weeks ago. The cap room they've got, the peaks they've got, they're they're here to stay. <laughs> they go, it's still though. They have a lot of pressure. They never they have never really dealt with winning before. And on the on the flip side, we haven't really dealt with losing as a Steeler. The Steelers uh, have now lost four playoff games in a row, and we're getting that territory right. We could be the cellar dweller of the, the AFC North. And we don't want to be there, but you're right. What's our identity going to be for this team? And I think it has to start with defense. Like I was even talking to um, uh, uh, another bloke on my Steel Nation Australia, and I was like, "Do we draft? Do do we draft defense? Like, why is everyone looking around quarterback? Like, I think you need to set the standard for defense, and we're gonna we're gonna stop something there. And also, we're getting a new new defensive coordinator. There needs to be big change there for that organization to actually. Like it's, it's it's disgraceful and terrible that they let in 140 yards average and uh 40 43 points average over four games in the playoffs. There is just something missing in this team, and it's not the old it's not the old steel away. And, and like I know I'm living in my in the past in 2008 and 2010, but we haven't got the team like you said with Big Ben anymore and AB Martavius Bryant those fellas to go and score 35 points. We could only score 20 points last year. So this is a very question. This is a very question mark year, isn't but, but it? Like, is, but the, okay, but then this is the point because, like, for me, you've got to pick. All right, I'll take over for what Maddie was going to say. <laughs> As his dog's going off, but what what I'm saying too, this is the very all the fans around the world are saying which QB are we going to get. Um, we've got to fix the O line. There's so many different kinds kinds of holes in the draft in in this in this off season that. You could pretty much say anything and be right because we don't know what's going to happen. Last year, you knew that you had Big Ben and he's pretty much his final year. You there, Maddie? or we turn this into a monologue? Yeah, so like, <laughs> but this is the point. Like, what do you do on defense or offense? Because like you, if you can't, like you can't put pressure on defense to only be able to keep teams to 20 points, right? If you do that, you're stuffed. And, and this is what I mean. Like they're going to have to pick, they are going to have to pick a something, they're going to have to pick something to focus on to be able to deliver. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're going to have to pick, like, as you say, defense, like I think they need another edge rusher, but this, this draft is thick with them. But if you go pick an edge rusher first, you're going to go, why don't you pick quarterback? Right? Like mm-hmm. I think cornerback, I think cornerback is actually the number one need on this because I think you feel, you need to fill some of that O-line in free agency. And that's the thing. Everyone's telling you in the draft, what needs to happen. 
But what about free agency? Because that's going to change everything exactly. up, right? And so this is this is my thing that like I, this is where I worry with Matt Canada is I do think he deserves a chance to do something, but the way that he's the way that he builds an offense is so particular that we may end up if it doesn't work. How does that stuff us up in 2023 and 2024? Because you've drafted some players to fit there. You've signed guys to contracts to sit there. You know, like, the and, you know we don't people know. bring up like Linderbaum and Penning. Linderbaum, we got bigger needs. Like people would be shocked in that. But you can get a veteran center that will do what he will do in his first year or go pretty <laughs> close to it. Penning, aggressive. But if Matt Canada's system doesn't work, What's what's Penning like in pass pro? I think he's I think he's not bad, but is he the best pass pro tackle? Probably not. And this is this is the problem. Yeah. Well, it's gonna it's gonna be very like I know we all focus on Kenny Pickett and for the QB, but I've been saying this for the last I think few weeks. The QB won't save won't save an organization. Yes, it can help with Joe Burrow and what he did with the Bengals, and now they're in the Super Bowl. Um, but I don't, I don't think we're we're not a QB away from the the Super Bowl. Unless, unless somehow we were to get Aaron Rodgers and he came in and then it all was, it was all, um, you know, kind of roses and everything was happening. But I don't think at this point, if we, we invest our time into to a QB with, uh, you know, Pickett or a guy like that, I, I still like at this point to, to, to see what happens with Mason. If, if Mason were to do something, then he could be our bridge. We could get we could get set on offense. We could get set on on uh, defense. And also, Matty, you want to still talk about a bit of Colbert too, right? With his kind of culture and, and how he's going to be missed as well. This, this is his last draft, right? Yeah. So let's let's get into Colbert. Uh, before we do, let's go back to our usual segment as always, um, slinging the slang. Uh, so you know we've had to change it up with no Big Ben. Uh, so it's now just just TJ Watt likes to sack the quarterback. We like to sling the slang. And Marky D, you've got something a bit different that we're going to do this week. We're going to play a game with a little bit of the live chat. Tell us about it. All right. So I've got the old, uh, for the audio listeners in the uh, the YouTube live chat, I've got this, uh, one of my my neighbors gave me this book. Like, I think it was last year. I just, I just found it again. It's called The uh, the True Blue Guide to Australian Slang. If you can see it there. <laughs> True Blue. True Blue, mate. That's mine. No, nah, <laughs> no. Nah. Um, if you guys can, whoever can, what, what, just give me a page number between, I don't know, 1 and 100, and I'll choose a word out of that um, because there's that many in there. I've actually run out of stories. I've got no more Australian slang. Uh, we're actually turning, you and I are turning more into an American podcast each and every day. Like, <laughs> hello there, hi, welcome. You know, uh, that's terrible. 133? All right, we'll see if that goes that far. Oh, you ch- nah, Brad, mate, you can't do 133. Uh, I'll do 90. I'll do, I'll do 90, just me. All right. All right. Uh, let's have a look here. But I've also got to choose because there's quite a lot of swear words in this little book here. So, um, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh, Maddie, on the scale, number between one and uh, ten. Seven. All right. I- I've never heard of this one ever. I've never heard. Okay. So apparently, have you ever have you heard of this before? Uh, rot gut. Do you know what rot gut is? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Isn't it when um you've got like diarrhea? No, apparently rot gut in Australian slang is very cheap alcohol. I've never heard of that in my life. <laughs> yeah, I can understand. <laughs> but is that like kind of um what's that uh, that cheap wine that comes in a box? I talked about that a few uh, last Goon. year. 
Yeah, Goon. Well, yeah. it's actually for, for those listening on the side, it's cask wine, but Goon is what we call it. That's its nickname. That's right. It's you called... pull out the foil bag from them, yeah, yeah. Ones in and you, we call them Goon bags. I was talking. I was talking to, yeah. to to Jeff about that. I remember I it was um we got a the the label here is called Coolbra or Cooler Coolabra or something like that, and we I don't, I don't know. know it's something like it's like five dollars for a box for four liters, and we used to drink like Coolbra. It's like Coolabra or something like that. Some other you know out there somewhere, um. But yeah, Rotgut is very cheap alcohol, and I've done it before. I've had I've had I've had the old goon bag or the old wine and. Terrible, mate. It gives you a bad headache. It turns you into a different person. <laughs> You're not oh, no. the same. You know what? I'm proud, and I'm probably the one of very few Australians I've never drunk out of a goon bag. I've done it a few times because when I was, it, actually, I wasn't even that. I wasn't even that poor. I was just, I just got five dollars. You know, <laughs> it, was just, it was just cheap. Uh, and you get like a, you get like a cast between your few mates, and it's four liters, and it's just, it's so like, yeah, oh, fruity lexia. That's what we used to call it. Oh, uh, no, nah, no, no, no. Yeah, no, Fruity Lexia makes you, makes, you, makes you sexier. That's what the, used to be the slang. All right, I think I've said enough. What's, what's yours? Do you want one out of the book? <laughs> we'll take a pause on the book. Uh, mine is Bolter. Um, and so Bolter. this is going to sound pretty interesting, but like Bolter, and it's spelled E-R, but, you know, you say it more with an A um, if you're using it for the slang. And, you know, in the context that we often use it is in sport where, You've got it like a, you know, you know, sometimes, um, you know, a bolter, some people say it's someone that, you know, runs away or an animal that runs away. But we use it often in Australia New Zealand sport to describe when someone comes from completely outside and takes like a position in a sports team or there might be a rookie and then they end up doing incredibly well and you didn't expect it. And like in some ways, Tom Brady being a six round draft pick and then taking over as quarterback um you know and leading the team to, to great success that would be that would be a bolter um you know Najee Harris is not a bolter he was he's an absolute stud uh but we've seen you know Highsmith's just a bolter there you know came out of nowhere to take um you know a really prominent role for the Steelers so that was mine this week and I thought it was pretty interesting considering yeah. where we're at with the draft and there's bolters now that are rocking up and, and breaking into the top 100 and you know what are the rankings and the mock drafts and all that sort of stuff I gotta Mark, give you you're looking like something's going off going off. Yeah, well, I, I gotta give you a penalty, mate. It's not in here. It's not in here, mate. Bolt is well, not that's in not here. the only thing, only document that ever describes any Australian slang. <laughs> <laughs> According to my sources, all right, better than Adam Schefter, Bolter is not in the the true blue guide to Australian slang. I'm sorry, it's not there. We have bold as a bandicoot, that's in there. Righto. Right, back to Colbert. So I wanted to talk about Colbert. 22 seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, he's had one losing season. The losing season got them in a position to pick Ben. He's had four seasons at, you know, nine and seven or nine, six and one. Four seasons with eight wins. Three seasons with 10 wins. Three seasons with 11 wins. Four seasons with 12 wins. Two seasons with 13 and one season with 15. That's 13 double-digit win seasons out of 22. That's almost 60, you know, 66% um, there. That's pretty incredible. Um, you know, how, Mark, how do the Steelers need to approach getting their next GM to be able to continue with that kind of success? Just um, just ask ask Kevin Colbert who's, you know, who's his best you know, option. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the success has been great. 
If anyone thinks that we've been a bad team over the last 20 years because we haven't won all the Super Bowls, you're kidding yourself. You're absolutely kidding yourself. Like I wrote, I wrote uh, a few stats as well. So or similar to yours, right? Yeah. Kevin Colbert won 220, uh, 26 games, 124 losses, three ties, 15 wins and 12 losses in, in the playoffs. Two Super Bowls and one loss. That's pretty good. Okay. So a lot of fans out there, look, it's not, not the diehard fans. It's a lot of fans. Oh, we can't win. We can't do this. We can't win the Super Bowl. Oh, we should have won with AB. We should have won there. We had a, that's a pretty good season. If you if you were Kevin Colbert and you said, "Oh, hey guys, unfortunately, I only I only got you two Super Bowls and I only got you two hundred and twenty six wins. I wish I could have done more," you'd be like, "Mate, that's fine. You know, you, you've done a really good job, like to bridge twenty two years as a as a uh, GM. Like that's like it's going to be very hard to replace him, and we'll see what kind of direction we go in." And you know more stuff about the draft, right? Like, yeah. those, like who, who's going to do, you know, better or what kind of like, like schematics that, that's going to happen with yeah. drafting certain players for this team to like to influence, uh, you know, Matt Canada or the defensive coordinator or who's going to work out with Tomlin. I want to do this. I want to do on a bit of a rant here. Okay. Go through the AFC North. The Browns, if you can compare them to what the Browns did, the Browns GM, they've had 10 GMs since 2000. 10. And we're not talking 10 cars. We're talking 10 general managers. <laughs> exactly. I've actually got a, I've actually got a GM. It's quite good. Uh, You've got an MG, don't you? Yeah. Is that, that's, that's general. Is that general, general motors? I don't know. Is it? No. Uh, well, whatever. <laughs> whatever, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Swapping the initials in your head and swap, swapping up with brands. That's Anyways, the MG is a great car. Uh, okay. Browns. Let's get put on the Browns right, mate. Don't roast me. The Browns have had 10 GMs <laughs> since 2000. That's 10 and zero Super Bowl win. That, that's the only stat I wrote for the Browns in the AFC North. I'm, let's move on from there. Okay. Uh, 31 years. Mike Brown, was it the... the, the is, it, is Mike Brown still the GM of the Bengals? Um, yeah, I, th- I think he yes, is. Yes, I think he yes. is. So according to my notes here, right? Right. Uh, 31 years, son of Paul Brown... For the Bengals, record 202 wins, 291 losses, and four ties, two and seven in the playoffs, but they've actually won now three, so they're five and seven. And he's, zero... president. he's president, not GM. Oh, it was same yeah, thing. It's above he, GM. Needs, he needs to be doing something. All yeah. right. So they they have zero Super Bowls, right? The only one that that I would find that is in comparison to Colbert was Ozzie Newsom from the Ravens. Um, yeah. They've won t- two Super Bowls. He's got a, uh, and he went to, I think it was 1995 to 2018. Uh, 205 wins, 178 losses, and two Super Bowls and 15 and nine. Like for the other two teams in the division, Colbert has killed it. Yeah. Okay? From a stat wise and just for winning, just winning everything. Now, what's going to happen with the new guy? I don't, I don't really know. But that's going to be very hard to live up to. Even getting one Super Bowl would be amazing. Yeah, so, okay, so I asked you another question. Let's say Colbert wasn't retiring. Would you have Colbert confidence in Colbert for another five seasons? Well, from his stats, yes. And depending on the Super Bowl, what if no Super Bowl? So 25 years? If we're, if we're getting, if we're getting better and winning that first playoff game and getting back in rhythm and doing like what the kind of exactly the same as it's been going for the last 10, let's say, decade. Well, then, nah, get rid of him. Like if it's if it's five losing seasons and like that, and his his stats start to, to to mellow out, then you've got to you know maybe that's why he's moving on. Like you're moving on from a good ticket. Like you you've done really well, 
Well, this is what I wonder, like, because, like, Andrew Woolbar in the BTSC who writes articles and I think there's some some discussion around, you know, he's going to feature more on some of the podcasts and what have you that we do here at Behind the Steel Curtain, your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. He and I both have talked about this at length in in the Slack, BTSC Slack channel, about the importance of trading back. Like last year, great draft to trade back. This year is a fantastic draft at 20 to trade back. If there's not the absolute player that you are 100% confident on as a franchise at 20, trade back and get multiple, multiple picks in the top 50 to top 100. That's what you want, right? Because the if you look at the hit rate across the league, Colbert's hit rate on first round draft picks is, is, is pretty decent, right? But if you look at the hit rate across the league, year in, year out on first-round draft picks, it's a lot more hit and miss than what people think they are. And the second and third round, that becomes value. It's A, cheaper. B, you can get multiple picks there for one first-round draft pick. That increases your ability to build a team. When you look at the holes that we have in the Steelers this season, I'm like, yes, build that team, right? Even if you're getting, you know, you're trading back so that you're the first pick in the second round, Right now, the advantage of a first round, which is why I thought Najee's deal was good, like was good to get Najee last year, was that with the first rounder, you get five years that they are there on the contract because you've got the fifth year option, whereas all the other guys, it's four, four years. But Colbert's not trading back, it's not what he does, he's done it once, right? And so I sit there and I'm like, with the league shifting to this, like you look at the LA Rams, right? Now, obviously, they've mortgaged a lot of picks the last two seasons to get Stafford and to get Von Miller, but before that, you look at it even then, before the last sort of 18 months, they have got the majority of their top players from the second and the third round, even big contributors from the sixth round. So, with that being the case, as the Steelers move forward as the league changes the way way it's operating like that and getting proven performers in key positions instead, is that an era where it's just different from what Colbert's used to? Like, yes, he's had success. I think he's retired. Like, I think he's moving on because he's had that success. It's the right time you go out on a winning a winning position. Mm-hmm. But in fi- if he was to stay another five seasons, would be be feeling good about it. And yeah, she can take great number, great amount of confidence in what's happened before. But what's happened before doesn't predict the future. It gives you good insight and good probability, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen in the future. And I think, you know, that's quite that's quite interesting to think about with Colbert. I think he has set this <clears throat> franchise up. There are players that he has drafted over the last 10 years that have meant that we've been able to do this. There's players over the last three seasons that have made sure that we're in a winning position. The coaches have to do the right things with them. As Sean Manahan alluded to in the live chat earlier, people have to stay healthy as well. Mm-hmm. Health is a big thing. Um, and you've seen some problems there with the Steelers over the last decade where we've had first-round draft picks that have not been able to stay healthy. So I just think it's really interesting from that perspective when you look at it. Speaking of draft, though, with Colbert, you know, not to slight him, you know, he's had some incredible players in terms of the, those that he's drafted, you know, in terms of the guys that have started. But, you know, out of the 175 players they've drafted since he did take over as GM, 96 never actually had a starting season. Um, So that's, that's quite interesting. Uh, But 55 started more than two seasons, which is pretty good when you think about that over 20, over 22 seasons, that means at least two players in every draft become bona fide starters. Did you, uh, did you ring up Colbert? Where'd you find at least stats? 
I pulled up. Oh, so I had to go through Pro Football Reference, and I downloaded this part of this this segment called like, the Franchise who, who Encyclopedia, and then I picked the, picked the draft up. And then I basically had to go into a spreadsheet and I removed every draft pick ever before 2000. And then I was able to sort it out by like the starts. You're yeah. such a, you're such a stealer nerd and I love it. <laughs> like, yeah, I can tell that? you anything about those drafts. <laughs> I can tell you, I can literally tell you anything about the players that he's drafted. So let well, me get this straight. And everything. Let me get I can this tell straight. you for a few stats and stuff. For a guy that doesn't want to draft too much until it's on, then I get all excited about whoever they drafted. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's my, that's my, that's my go. There's 175 players he drafted, you said, and 90, 96, you said, were uh, were not starters? Never starters. They never had a starting. But remember, what? the thing to caveat, right, that's who starts on the field, right? So sometimes right. a tight end might not be on the field or a wide receiver might not be on the field. Just, yeah, well, they do what the, the Rams did the other day. A perspective. Didn't the Rams the other day run on that the 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 center for like one snap and he got to get the start to get the actual... Uh, I don't know what maybe he's a left tackle. The old the old fella, I don't remember his name. He's like, he's like forty years old for the the Rams and one of the one of the offensive line guys. They ran him on, so he got the start and they ran him off, so he didn't play. 100%. So weird. Yeah, 100%. Whitworth, I think it is. Is it is it Whitworth? I don't know. But that's yeah. that's crazy. Wait, does he have, he have more stats going on? You said that, okay, yeah. Wow. So there were fifty five that started more. Would see the players that started more than um, two seasons. Yeah, right. Yeah, Brad says here, it's Andrew Whitworth. He ran on to get a start. So these, you know, I guess that meant that that, that stat doesn't mean too much because they run someone on. But remember, I'm talking about guys that he's drafted too. So not like not necessarily older guys. And like a lot of people, you know, there's, I would have to go through and look up each individual person's contract, (laughs) which I do not have the time to necessarily do in, you know, in the time that I had to turn this around. But, but, you know, if someone leaves after their rookie deal, then they're not starting for you anymore. So this is starting seasons with the Steelers. I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Did you uh, find out what colleges they're all from? Yeah, so I can tell you which <laughs> ones he's drafted the most from as well, if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Wisconsin, he's drafted four players, which is which is pretty up there. Texas A&M, we've drafted four, he's drafted four players. He's drafted four players from Texas. He's drafted five players from Tennessee. Uh, he's drafted... Five players from Penn State, three from Oklahoma State. Um, Ohio State is clearly number one. He's drafted eight players from there. Uh, and then probably the other big one, Miami. They've drafted uh, five players as well. Uh, Illinois, three players, which I thought was just interesting that there were three. Georgia was five. Florida State was six, seven. No, six, six. Um, yeah, Florida there, five. What else have we got? Alabama, only three players from Alabama. It's, it actually sounds like you had a conversation with uh, Kevin Colbert and you got all these, you know, all this information. And um, I'm just impressed. I'm impressed by your knowledge that, that is happening right now on Behind the Store Curtain. You, you, you won't find anywhere else because no one's as dedicated as, as, as Matty Peveril here. Um, <laughs> did you find out what, what color shirt he was wearing while he drafted these players? Uh, I can tell you that when I watch the draft, I know he wears like a gray or a checkered shirt, but I think he's worn them with a vest, um, like knits or a, like a vest knit sweater or a just a knit sweater in general with a v neck, like three to five years ago. You, you know what's kind of interesting though is like a lot of these, you know, the guys behind the scene they get forgotten about a lot, and I don't really look into them as, as much as, as we do, and we can't say 
The only reason I can say that Kevin Corbett was a good GM and he will be missed, right, is because of his stats, right? I, I cannot yeah. – I'm so far away in Australia. So, are you, we can't – we don't know what kind of person he is. He's probably a nice person, good guy. Probably he's a, a player's kind of guy. Um, but 22 years in the league like that, you have to give that guy credit. Eh? It's, it does feel like the end of an era is it's coming. Like, Tomlin's still there, which I love Tomlin. Ben's going. Um, Colbert's going. It's it's who's next. And and we're in a funny transitional period, aren't we? And it's 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 hard for me to let go, to let go of, of Big Ben. And um, even talking about like he's been there 22 years, Colbert, and done all these things, and you've just done like a whole rap sheet on him. Probably better. Well, than I can him. tell you, John, another fun stat that I can tell you. Yes, I'm just, I'm just pulling it up. <laughs> you're, you're all into it now. You're like, this is fantastic. I have to share with you my spreadsheet. So Colbert has drafted, out of all the players he's drafted, you know, I said that some didn't start, but uh, 35, and this is obviously, with, I think this is only with the Steelers, um, the way this numbers is played. But anyway, it's games played, so it may be, yeah, it's other teams as well. Um, but of all the players he's drafted, he had uh, 33 players play more than 100 games in the NFL. Right. And what do you not understand the league average or is that pretty? Yeah. Cool? Well, like a running back has an average of like less than 2.2 um, two years. Right. So, and then like most of the time it's going to have been 16 games, maybe give or take playoffs. I think the average of in the league is like, I think like 50 games maybe. Right. So almost about what is that? 20%, 33 out of 175. Is that 20%? No, no. That's right. What percentage of players would that be from 33 out of 175? Because those those guys there, they're 33 players. It's 33, it's like one sixth. It's over one sixth. They're gonna so they're gonna be setting the the identity of your team, right? Yeah. So if that's I don't know if that's high or not, but uh, that's what you need. That's what you need in the draft. You need guys like that. So you're not not constantly doing what the Browns do is get ship everyone out. Yeah, you know? and, and it's quite interesting, right? So then you look at what he's done elsewhere out like outside of that. Um, so let's say, let's say the average is 50, right? Or let's say the average is 60 games. Yeah. Then he has, uh, 66 players. So that's, that's literally one third of his players beat the NFL average in terms of games played. Right. Yeah. yeah. Any, any more, uh, deep dives on, uh, Kevin Colbert? Uh, I don't know whether anyone cares. I don't know how much deeper it can really. What I started to do, and then I realized it was just a mammoth task, is I tried to work out how long someone had played to, but it doesn't measure the years that way, right? So it'll tell you they were drafted in this year and then they played to this year. It doesn't tell you the cumulative number of years that they actually played. Obviously, the games give you a good insight, um, hmm. but yeah, Here, here's an interesting thought for you, Maddie. So with, uh, Kevin Colbert and big Ben, were these drafted, were these drafts for big Ben either way on, on, on the offense or to help him out on the defense to get a guy that, you know, might show up the run and give Ben a chance. And were, he was drafting for Ben, right? These last 18 years or 17 years. Well, right? I don't know if he was the full time, right? Like, it's a great question you ask. I like, I think they drafted to help Ben out, certainly over the last decade, right? But you think back to his first few years, they were trying to keep that defense firing. You know, they were keeping the running backs. They were keeping the O-line. And then you also think about it from the perspective of, if that rumor is true that the 49ers said no to a, to a trade um, right before, you know, in 2010 or 11 in Singletary, I think it was that said no. Um, I'm going to that wrong. But I know or whoever it was that said no. I find that quite interesting because 
Are you drafting for Ben at that point? Are you drafting to put when you kept him to put certain pieces around? Like I think there are some yeah. seasons you do. Look at what we, we've done at wide receiver. Look at last year. We get we obviously wanted Najee. We knew we needed Najee for after Ben. But even Freemuth, like I keep saying, Freemuth, the fantastic things. Freemuth is going to be developed when we go get our next you know franchise quarterback. I think that's fantastic. But at the same time, it gave Ben a weapon. Claypool lost, you know, in Claypool in 2020, second round draft pick, right? It was our first draft pick in the draft. We had other needs to fill. We used a wide receiver to get some. Now, yes, you look talk, start talking about things like best player available. But to answer your question, I think it's 50-50 or two-thirds, one-third. So two-thirds drafting for Ben, one-third drafting to help other parts of the team out. But I think it's also... When we say drafting to help Ben, are we saying drafting offensive playmakers in a line to help Ben, or are we drafting a defense that exactly. can mean that Ben doesn't have to, you know, put put the team on his back game in, game out? And this is again why I talk about complementary football. It it's you've got to have this cohesion between mm. it. You've got to have this symbiotic relationship where one feeds into the other. Are there players, when you're doing your stats right on uh, uh, Kevin Colbert there, were there players that we may have missed in the in, in these drafts, that, that players we should have gotten, or they're like absolute dads that uh, didn't work out? Well, it's funny you say that too. Not, I'll give you an example, which is not actually the Steelers, right? But how's this, yeah? So I took, I took this photo. I saw it on social media this morning. So in the actual draft... Um, that Miles Garrett came out of, I think it was 2017. They picked Miles Garrett first overall. Um, then they picked their other first round draft pick was Javil Preppers. And then their third round, their third first round draft pick was David Njoku, right? They're all decent players in the league. Deshaun Kaiser was their second round pick. Larry Ogunjobi was their third round pick at 65. Their fourth round pick at 126 was the Cleveland Browns with Howard Wilson. And the fifth round, they drafted Roderick Johnson. I don't know who that guy is. Um, at 160, right now, if they had dropped, I'll tell you who. If they had drafted the players that were available at all those picks, this is the draft they would have had. Right, Patrick Mahomes, Tre'Davious White, T.J. Watt, Alvin Kamara, Cooper Cup, George Kittle, and Aaron Jones. Yeah. Right, Fair and the reason I say that example, even though we're obviously talking about Steelers and Steelers podcast, is there are always players available at different positions. Like I sit there, and I, someone, I had a bit of an argument on Twitter about it because someone said, you know, they felt that it's everything's Tomlin's fault, and I said it's not. Like he gets given certain players, and he said, well, look at the draft picks, and when you do look at the draft picks, um, you know, over the last decade, we have missed a few in the first round, but we're still ahead of the league average. I think some of the flying picks that we've picked between rounds five and seven, you know, haven't all really panned out like other teams pan out. But then at the same time, it's five to seven. There are a reason why they're drafting those people at rounds five to seven equally. We've had wide receivers that we draft in the second to fourth round that are better than first rounders. So like, you got to you got to take the wins and losses. It's not a perfect science. I'm, I'm just surprised you got into a fight on Twitter. I thought Twitter was a really nice place. Isn't that where you go to make friends? Yeah, you know, your yeah. best friends. That's where you go to find your, your, <laughs> your godparents of your kids, you know. That's uh, that's very interesting because, you know, I, I still think back to when they drafted um, Shazier and Shazier got hurt. He could have changed the whole culture. He was just a great a great footballer. And what would have happened if we had Shazier? You know, and then also bringing in, we bring in now 
uh, Minka. Yeah. Minka's really got something's going to happen next year with Minka. I think when he gets if he gets more time to not not be the, the guy who stops and run every single every single play, I think he'll be able to you know get around and and see what can happen in that defense. So 100%. I think overall, like Colbert had a pretty it, the way you're explaining it, Colbert's had a pretty good year with the Steelers, and we should be thankful. But obviously, we, it does feel like we are missing things because we are we are meant to win a Super Bowl every single year because we've been you know privileged that way. I guess I don't know, but. It's going to be interesting too. What's the kind of feeling? Do you think having Colbert there to draft, but then he then he can't? Yeah, you know, so lead? it's funny. It's like, so weird, right? Uh, right now, I know that there's some of our colleagues at BTC that are really passionate of Colbert should get to draft and all the rest of it. If you are making, if you're doing an internal promotion with Brandon Hunt and Omar Khan, which I'm more than happy with, let let Colbert draft. But. It's a bit like the defensive coordinator position, but I think it's even in a, in a kind of almost worse or more negative situation. If you're a GM, one, you come into the Steelers, they have a way where you don't necessarily have the full reign that other GMs have. And, and that's also, that depends on the top, your experience as a GM. If you're a new GM, teams give you less, you know, flexibility, let's say, or they give you less of the reins. But then you don't even get to this year, you don't even get to pick your draft. I'm a bit... <laughs> I don't know. Like, and look, obviously there's owners across the league like that. But all I would say is, is that, you know, a GM needs to live and die by the players that they bring into the organization, whether it's through the draft, free agency, however else trades. Like, you know, the conversations we have about Canada right now about he didn't have the players to fit his offense. We'll be having those conversations for two or three years with the GM. So... I'm a bit, I, I don't know. But then it's part of me thinks, God, I'd love another Colbert draft, right? <laughs> like I love him to finish off with a, like a wide receiver that no one expected. I'd love him to get a quarterback that we didn't necessarily pick. And this is why I think Carson Strong, I know they want mobility, but I think Carson Strong <clears throat> and Desmond Ritter are more Colbert style quarterbacks. That's just what I think. Even to a point though, I know my last day when I was working in some of the jobs I've done, you know, you never, you never, you never really work your hardest. So, if it's going to be his last, I found my last days, some of the busiest days trying to leave no, what, a good what legacy. I, what and that's why I wrote this is the, that's why I put it in the title for today's show is what legacy is Colbert going to leave, and how much mm-hmm. of a legacy is he carved out. You and I are different people than Maddie because if I if I was <laughs> if I was told to go and do X amount of hours and uh, get everything ready and get all the office sparky clean, I'd be like, I'm going to lunch. <laughs> Man, I've done my 22 years. You can, you'd be right without me for one day. Yeah. Um, it's, it will be interesting though to see see his last last draft and, and like you said, all, the, all those stats too. Um, and what you're exactly we we probably won't know until two or three years time, like you said, because if it, if it works out with Canada or doesn't, it's we're we're gonna either shoot ourselves in the foot maybe, or we're gonna have our chance to go and win hopefully some some football games and win a playoff game and get better. And try and win the North. It, the, the whole thing's changing. But that's what's so hard. It's just going to be so interesting. Like, it's not an exact science because there's so many variables. And there's a lot of luck, right? Mm-hmm. Like Shazier. Let's say he went off for that play. Doesn't happen. Yeah. I think we miss him too. He was like such a 
freak accident that that's that really sucked and that he could have been we could have been really honestly we could have built around him too on the defense we could have been in AFC championship games he was just a but that was the other thing you think about the game that they got smacked against the Jacksonville Jaguars and John Bostick's in there like I mean yeah well and then and then the year after they they beat us or didn't 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 John Bostick get the interception on us like when he was a Washington oh uh, yeah don't even don't even (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sends me up the wall. It's like, honestly. Um, but, Mark, before we wrap up the show, we've got couple, one or two minutes. Anything else you wanted to finish off this week? I think we've talked out. Look, to, to wrap this up, my final thoughts on Colbert is incredible career. Been really interesting to see how he sets the team up for success. And I think he's going to want to make moves, which is why I, I could see the drafting up as well. Um, I think he's going to want to make moves to leave a real legacy with the Steelers team and and, and set Coach T up, you know, um, even more for a few more years yet and really leave that mark on the franchise, regardless of whether they promote internally. I think they will promote internally, um, but but we'll see. Yeah, I'd just probably say, you know, thanks to Colwood, mate. Like, honestly, as a fan, I know nothing about you, but you've done well. You know, like, you just, you don't really know. You know, you see him on the TV every draft and you see him with his, like, little husky voice talking about the Steelers and he's probably a really good person. Um, the winning record, he helped us out win two Super Bowls. We had a chance. We lost one. We're fifth and twelve in the playoffs. We've done pretty well over 20 years. All the great players, all the great times. Um, and if we didn't have it, we could be a really, really bad team. Like a really bad team. And, and every week would be like, oh, I hope we can win this one. But we have a chance in the dance pretty much every single year with him. He's got big shoes to fill, man. Someone they have big shoes to fill, and this and this transitional period going to the new QB, new offense. You've got Najee at running back, and this would be the time I'd say, don't waste Najee. Okay, yes, we people would say maybe we wasted AB, but you've got Najee at running back, dude. He's a fantastic running back, and he always turns the motor over. Get that guy a good O line in front of him. Get some guys who are uh, built with muscle and power, and we can use the running game to win us games. Get up by ten. 13 points, get some good defense going. And TJ, like I said to you, if you, I still cannot believe this. Two things I can't believe for this season is that Travis Kelsey threw a TD on us and that TJ Watt got 22 sacks and we couldn't win a playoff game. That's the two things I can't believe that happened this season. It's well, just, when Ben threw 5,000 yards and the same thing. What's that? Sorry? When Ben threw 5,000 yards last and we couldn't do it. <laughs> I hear you. <ya. laughs> well, that's what we were saying. That's but. I just two almost <laughs> defensive defensive player of the year, Matty. He better be defensive player of the year this year. Otherwise, I'm not coming back on the show. Ever. Wow, Mark, Mark finishing up. <laughs> with <a big> <laughs> <statement>. <laughs> but with that, uh, that's with that threat, we'll finish up this week's Steelers touch down under. I'm Matty Perver with Mark D as always. Mark, go Steelers. <laughs>